Welcome back to another episode of Millennial Money. And I heard this about 30 minutes ago. It's going to blow your mind, Alex. I just got margin called. No. And he's not, and he's not joking. I yeah. thought he was kidding. Really? Alex, you're on margin? Quick a claim. little bit. A little bit. A little bit. What yeah. happened? I don't know the details. I told you not to tell us until we, we get everyone's reaction. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I'm speechless. Alex, of all people, like... I understand this with Jack, but not you, Alex. Yeah, you know, don't worry. It's not a lot, guys. I don't really keep uh, margin. Uh, but, uh, you know, the portfolio has gone down a lot. Uh, my YOLO portfolio. And uh, I got margin called. And it's only like, you know, four grand or something. No, are you serious? Oh it's $4,000? Oh, yeah. That's what? That's a what lot. What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, um, I think like a month or two ago, you know, I, I, you know, the market was down and I was like, oh, maybe I should take out a, a little bit of margin here, you know? Um, and uh, I woke up this morning and uh, everything was down and uh, I got margin called. Wait, Alex, what in order to lose $4,000, how much did you need to borrow? Uh, no, I didn't lose. He got a Any margin money. call for four thousand. Yeah, I got a margin call for four thousand dollars. So how much did you take out? Uh, maybe, maybe six, something like that. Why? What did you buy? Why? Well, you did like, not ask. You did first of all. You ran none of this by me. Yeah, I, 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 I don't have margin normally. Like I never have margin. Uh, but you know, I saw an opportunity and I took advantage of a. Uh, what I thought was an opportunity in the market, and uh, you know. But uh, that's okay because I'm gonna cover the the money. I'm not what, gonna. What was I'm not the, gonna let it sell? Tell us what it is. No, no, it it's in the private. It. It's in the private portfolio. It's, it's not in the private, private portfolio. It's public now. What, what is it? <laughs> it called you on. It doesn't exist anymore. What is it? Yeah, I, I basically I basically used uh, some of that margin uh, to go pretty heavy on crypto. So oh uh, wait. Know, so. What, what what crypto? Terra Luna? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. What crypto? No, no, no. Um, Ethereum. Okay. Ethereum. Yeah, but it's gone down yeah. a lot. I I mean I I went in once it hit, uh, I think nineteen or something like that. That's not even a terrible. I mean, when you consider that people were buying it at like four thousand dollars, it's not terrible. I guess it's say. not like a margin call because they didn't sell my stuff. Well, maybe it is. Um, I've never been in this position before because i don't use margin um but i just have to transfer money in which is oh uh, otherwise they're going to liquidate so they basically gave you a warning if you don't move more money in as collateral they're going to sell exactly so they didn't sell i don't know if that oh. you know they they said that there's a risk i'll get margin called so oh, I, they gosh. didn't actually sell my stuff why don't you just take the yeah. loss alex no no are you kidding me <laughs> it's gonna double down yeah yeah normally i i buy on margin and then i transfer in uh but the market's been going down so fast. I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy again. Uh, and uh, I just haven't transferred any money in. So, wow. Yeah. But normally I uh, I don't have any margin. And you know what? After this, uh, no margin. So Good. Well, that's a rule that's to live by. That's what every by. addict yeah. says. Fun fact. I've never played with margin. <laughs> Neither have I. Yeah. Never. I, feel like it's, much too I feel like it's not that hard not to 
yeah, margin. It's really not that just hard. Just don't. If, just don't do it. If you guys ever did margin, we'd know we are in the biggest bubble in the creation of mankind. <laughs> this is true. I just want to say, dude, I uh, the percentage of of my margin is so small compared to like my uh, safe investments. So this is in my YOLO account. I just want to mm. disclaim that right okay. away. Yeah, in my YOLO account, I think I have a total of like ten or eleven k. Probably not That's anymore. A but decent amount though. It's a good chunk yeah, in a yellow know, account. Yeah, yeah. All right. Man, I was sweating oh, bullets man. while you were talking to Alex because wow. Graham kept pushing you on what it was, and I was like, don't yeah. tell me. He owns the chef, and he's going to have to oh. sell out. It's going to crash the stock <laughs> crater to the floor. No. Oh, what would you say goodness. if he shorted the chef? I would say good respect. Job. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is Dogecoin's at? Five cents. Yeah. yeah. So, Jeez. So the Dogecoin thousand air is yeah. now at... Break even, almost pretty much. Oh, yeah. so he bought it five cents or right around four cents? Around or? four cents. Yeah. It was the thing is, I thought he bought around four, and I could have sworn that he continued buying as he got more money. So I don't know if his cost basis is four. I know his original higher. buy-in was four. Yeah. yeah. I think his cost basis might be probably five. Yeah. Six cents could be. Yeah. Mm. Jeez. Man. Yeah. Imagine going from three mil to. 200k yeah i feel i feel bad and it sucks because it's like i like him as a as a person he's so friendly and kind uh and it's it hurts me to feel like we had that opportunity like it was there and i remember him watching all you got to do is swipe right and you make millions of dollars like but he was so just his his entire identity was was it was mingled with dogecoin we actually spoke this morning and i told him remember how i was telling you that crypto goes through these cycles Mm. and i think he thought at the time that he figured out like a system he's like no i i, I understand these charts and, mm. and i'm like no it doesn't work that way yeah. Yeah. especially after three months i mean you have to think you invest 200 grand it turns into three million dollars in three months yeah there's got to be a point where you feel like a genius right where you feel like i just outsmarted everybody i know something they don't and if i could do it now i'll do it again right that's exactly what i thought that yeah. sucks it's yeah. unfortunate he, he would have got blamed i'm sure from people if he did sell he would have gotten attacked and been like, you're the reason it crashed. You're the reason yes, it went down. But you also, but that's why it's so tough to tie your identity to something like that. Because ideally, he should, she should have just stayed quiet and sold privately. Mm-hmm. And no one would bat an eye. No one would be upset at him. He wouldn't have his career necessarily yeah. on YouTube or the following. But I would take $3 million for that. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. you know. But speaking know. of the market, what's, yeah. ha- what's happening, Jeremy? There's a lot happening. It's a crash in the markets. Well, why are we everywhere. crashing so hard right oh now? My gosh. Well, I mean, we can talk about crypto maybe in a minute. To stocks, uh, that CPI read. Oh my gosh. That not. Yeah. I mean, no one was expecting. Uh, fun fact: I have not seen the CPI reading. Okay. Today. Why yeah. you wait? It came in worst. I haven't seen yeah. it. Hold yeah. on. Hold on. Let me guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nine percent. No, eight point six. But it's probably way. Close. Yeah, the real one's probably way over nine. Yeah. But it was so shocking because you know we're expecting it to get better, right? Like this one was maybe wait, wait, like wait. it was eight point six yeah. the month before, and then it was eight point three. No, it was actually eight point three. Then it went down to eight or no, 8. it was eight point five. It wait, I thought it was like eight point five, eight point yeah. four. Eight, yeah, no, it was 8. like eight point three, something like that. Yeah. The point being, it was slightly higher. Yeah, so it gave yeah, everyone false confidence that like, oh, yeah, we're cooling yeah. off. This is the inflection yeah, point. Yeah, we were seeing the market go up because inflation ticked down and all of a sudden people thought maybe the worst is behind us. We're getting better if the Fed doesn't have to be as aggressive. Nope. But once you see it tick up, after seeing it tick down, that's the big yeah. catalyst where people are going to panic. Yeah. What's crazy is now the NASDAQ has lost uh, right around, actually more than 5,000 points from the top. 
which is insane to think because I still remember I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina. I think this was like 2012. I still remember the NASDAQ hitting 5,000. And so it's crazy to think the NASDAQ has now lost more than 5,000 points when the entire Nnasdaq a decade ago or so was 5000 right like that's just crazy to think about how Wait, far what's, we've what, fallen which now. metric on the cpi was the most overweighted in, in that was well energy is a energy, disaster right yeah. Yeah. Okay. energy yeah. shelter is a big one mm-hmm. and there's a lot of i don't i don't even want to call it like a conspiracy oh. because it's like flat out the truth yeah. when they use owners equivalent rent oh right oh Come yeah on. that shelter yeah. number is a B, bs yeah. number 5.5% or no whatever way. the head it's there's like, no way yeah no. <laughs> it's it, double digits you know what's funny uh not it's not funny actually but my my property taxes went mm-hmm. up by higher than that mm-hmm. so it doesn't make sense that yep. you know they would cap it at 5% when property taxes are up higher than that owners equivalent rent i'm sure they're they're asking you know you know, Anne, who's lived in her house for 50 years, what would you charge in rent? And she's thinking, oh, back in my 19, you know, 1980s, 800 bucks. <laughs> they're like, they're like inflation yep. 2%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, inflation came in negative this year. There we go. Time, time to lower rates. Yeah. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, so now NASDAQ's yeah. down uh, 32, 33% from the highs now. Yeah. So we're in a real crash, folks. Like, this is a real deal Holyfield. Yeah. Um, now so what's what's yeah. interesting, though, is once we enter a bear market, mm-hmm. we're getting like, the interesting Which, stuff. S&P we get, was uh, down over 20% Yeah, today. so we're officially a bear market. Yeah. The average bear market is down 33%. 34. Oh, 33.8, Andre, if you want to be technical, listen, Rounding up I'm here. just trying to round, I'm trying to make it easy, you want to make it difficult, okay, 33.8%, uh, because that was in my video today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I'm, yeah. It but takes anyway. exactly 264 trading days to reach 265, the bottom. 265, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? No, no, no. no. Okay, yeah. so for anyone watching, I know, yeah. start the time now, because we close the market, yeah. S&P 500, which technically, on May 20th, we dipped to 20% on mm-hmm. this S&P 500, but we didn't close yeah. 20%. So we didn't hit officially the bear market yeah. until I guess you could say today. Yeah. So start the clock now because it takes 264 trading days on average from today to reach the market bottom. Yeah. But here's the thing, an average is just an average. So you, you 50% of the time, it's gonna be less than that. So mm. it's basically a coin toss if it's gonna be less than 30%, if it's gonna be less than a year, could be more. So it's, it's so difficult to time it. Uh, because I remember when we entered, you know, a similar position back in 2020, everyone was like, okay, when this happens, the average is this, and statistically, it's likely to do this. And we had, like, we broke records on everything mm-hmm. in terms of the shortest ever, the fastest recovery. No one could have predicted that. So I have a feeling in this, too, it's going to be something similar where it, it's it's not going to be what people expected. Yeah. That's what I think. For sure. The What I told people in a, in a video last night is I said... This next six to 18 months, this is like one of those rare windows you ever get in life. And there's certain years and time periods when you have to go really hard. And there's certain time periods when you can maybe lay back a little bit and relax, right? And watch Netflix and go on vacations, things like that. I think this next six to 18 months, you get your hands on every dollar you possibly can. If that means you got to be an Uber driver, get a second job, a third job, five jobs, work 90 hours a week, I don't care what it is. You need to be full on, uh, work every hour you possibly can for this next six to 18 months and plow every dollar you possibly can in the market, in my personal opinion. Um, because every single time we're ever in a crash, it always looks like the end. It, you know, People are gonna say, don't buy, you know, things like that. Every single time you're in the crash, you have to buy. And we're in a real crash now. NASDAQ down 32, 33%. We'll probably get into crypto crashing right now, right? If you don't buy during these times, you will always look back and regret it. Always. And that's just consistently, unless the United States is doomed for all of eternity or something like that. 
And so I'm just a huge believer in like, you've got to be full go for the next six to 18 months and buy everything in sight. Yeah. And, and, and there's load a statistic up. that backs you up because uh, I read that on average, five years after a bear market, after this drop of 20%. So that mm -hmm. takes us to 2027. Mm -hmm. On average, this uh, your portfolio cumulatively has returned 69.9%, so 70%. Wow. Yeah. If you could hold on five years after this period of time, on average, you'd be up roughly 70%, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, and another reason I gave people, that's a great point. Another reason I gave people that advice is also just in case, let's say job losses start coming, or let's say your hours get cut. A lot of people might be watching this that are hourly, depending upon their situation, right? If you have an in at another company, that, that de-risks you in the jobs market, right? And as somebody that used to be an hourly employee back in the day, it sucked when all of a sudden your hours, you used to get 25 hours and like you get 15 hours Did, did you say you got de-risked? Yeah, de-risked. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy, we're de-risking you. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah so now, the tech industry, in. it came out today that they've seen the large Largest layoffs, the highest amount of layoffs since 2020. Wow. Since yeah. the start of the pandemic. Right. Yeah. So it goes to show you just how quickly things turn around. And it's interesting when you see all the charts. You see, like, we're coming in 2019, 2020 happens, spikes up, and now we're back down to the levels that we yeah. were right before. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you guys might be the breadwinners of your family. You are the one that supports your family. You want to have to pay the bills, right? The mortgage, your car bill, all those sorts of things. Well, what happens if something bad happened to you, right? Uh, who pays that mortgage? Who pays the car bills? Who supports your family? And as somebody that's a father of three, I understand the stress of that worry about what if something happens to you, right? And that's where life insurance comes in hand. And today's sponsor is Fabric. Fabric is built for parents so that they can manage their financial future stress-free. It's fully backed by Vantis, which is one of the oldest life insurance companies in the world, established in 1847, and they offer $1 million coverage for less than a dollar a day. They also have 1,800 reviews and an excellent rating on Trustpilot with a 4.8 out of 5. Plus, Fabric is quick and easy. Apply online at meetfabric.com in less than 10 minutes. Coverage could be offered instantly. You could view your quote and customize it at any time. There's no risk to apply. And Fabric has a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. Plus the thing with life insurance is that it only gets more expensive the longer you wait. So the sooner you apply, the less expensive it's going to be. It's one of those things where you don't think you need it until you do. Like card tricks. How do you do that? Whoa! Life insurance. So again, if you guys are interested, the link is down below in the description to apply and get started today. And now, let's, let's get, get back, back to it. it. Yeah, many of these stocks are at, at levels they were in 2017 now, 2018. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the drop has been extraordinary, to be honest. And like household names too. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, Shopify, Netflix, like these PayPal, these were the darlings of Wall Street. Like everybody knows these brands and to see their stocks down 60, 70, 80%, it's just amazing. Now that takes us to crypto and yeah. that's a whole other mess. I, I didn't oh get a gosh. chance to watch your video, but okay. I know you posted one last night. Yeah, yeah. And that was part, I gave grandma a shout out in that video for the Celsius mm -hmm. uh, situation. Thanks for sending us over that email. Yeah. And you, then you use Celsius, right, Graham? So I use yeah. a lot of brokerages, uh, but Celsius is one of them that I've used. So I do, I, I do have some money on Celsius. What but, are you holding in there? Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin Ethereum, but I never, I'm, I'm so thankful. I never went all in on one brokerage. Yeah. So like I have my crypto spread throughout like five to six different exchanges, wow. Celsius being one of them. Um, and Celsius is actually, it's not like the least amount of money that I have between them all, but it's, uh, I think it's like the fourth or third biggest. Okay. That's a decent chunk, it was, it but it's a not, good chunk. It's not everything. Yeah. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. What, I basically, what were the rates yeah. paying? What were the rates they were paying? Oh gosh, initially it was like six 
percent, five or six percent. Okay. Uh, and I just figured I'd throw it in there and just let it be. I mean, all of this for me was money that, like, when I buy crypto mentally, it's gone. Like, it may <laughs> as well be a zero. Okay. And, like, so yeah. I'm not losing any sleep over this. It sucks, but, like, I've already written it off. It may mm. as well be zero. But, yeah. And then they lowered their rates. And I figured, you know, I'm just going to hold it anyway. I never paid attention to it. And partially that's my fault to be, you know, I should have been more proactive and, and mm. you know, deeper in the communities. To The writing was on the wall for really the last few weeks. Yeah. And I have just focused on other things and not paid attention to that. So they so. froze withdrawals. That's a disaster. Yeah. Now, that I don't want to panic. It does. Oh I mean, you know, I doesn't look good to me. And so, like, I, I just basically just acknowledge whatever's in there is probably gone. So be yeah. it. But, uh, yeah. you know, it could be worse. I mean, people have way more. Like, in terms of a percentage, mm -hmm. the stock market goes down. I lose way more money than what's yeah. in that Celsius account Yeah, on, like, a, like on one red day. And then another, so, yeah. didn't another crypto company just announce also? Uh, it was Binance, Binance. was. Uh, Some kind of transaction got stuck. Uh, yes. Unquote. Now, now what someone presumed, and I'm not an expert on this by any means, was that uh, they were moving a chunk of Bitcoin from a cold wallet to their platform. And in the process, they typed in a low transaction fee. And by doing so, those fees were not prioritized. So everything else above it got filled except for that because of a low transaction fee. I don't know how it works and why they can't just raise the transaction fee. I don't know. I don't know if they've been resumed. Either. On what blockchain? On, I, I don't know. Yeah, Bitcoin. And, and that's why yeah. I, I don't think people think that deeply about when they put their money into an institution. So whether it be a bank or, you know, a crypto exchange or a brokerage or anything like that, you got to look at like the capital position these companies are in just in case the stuff hits the fan, as they oh, say, yeah. right? Gosh. Um, for instance, like the sponsor of uh, our channel, right? FTX US. $400 million they just raised a few months ago. They're in a great capital position. The same cannot be said for all these different crypto companies, right? right? And so, um, you know, I think that's just something people should think about moving forward, whether you're with a bank or whether you're with uh, a crypto exchange. Like, no matter what, you should always look at their capital position. Do they do they have the sort of money around to ride out a yeah. downturn? Did you uh, have Celsius? I No, I haven't. I didn't okay. use them. But I know, I know they're great. Uh, I should probably diversify my crypto as well. But I, I think that there's going to be a lot more of these uh, withdrawal freezes. Mm. And that's the, uh, I guess, the broker's way of maintaining liquidity and stability in the market. Because mm. if they allowed everyone to withdraw everything, yeah, uh, that would be chaos. Yeah. And I mean, partially, if you lock in, if you lock withdrawals from people, it's also partially what contributes to stable coins falling. Mm. Because if I can't move it, I don't care what price it's worth. I just want to exit. Yeah. I don't care if it's supposed to be worth a dollar. I'll sell it for 90 cents. Yeah. But another guy's going to sell it for 80 cents. Yeah. And that's how it starts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Scary stuff. So make sure you're, whoever you're dealing with, they're well capitalized. Yeah. Uh, who was it, by the way? I think it was uh, Michael Burry who said that the crypto market was leveraged 100 to 1. Yeah, I believe that. And I believe that too. I was also shocked um, when I saw a video and it was how easy it was to basically do this infinite monetization loop of put your money on a platform, you borrow against it, you take that money to another platform, borrow against it, take it back and you go back and forth. And it's incredibly easy to go and take like a hundred bucks and turn that into, well, maybe a thousand dollars, turn it into five, 10,000. Right. So you could basically five to 10 X your money, incredibly easy, like 10 to 20 minutes. And they just overlook it. it it's mind blowing to me.
Yeah. Well, that's part of uh, the fears of regulation. Yeah. Luna. This was, by the way, the issue originally with Robinhood. Remember the Robinhood infinite monetization oh, loop? Yeah, yeah. Where people were getting like that two was to more three. more complicated though. Yeah. yeah. But, but somewhat similar, but when they're selling, I believe they were selling call options on something, but, but they didn't own the asset, but it showed their value as mm -hmm. if they had owned it and they could borrow against it and then repeat that process. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there are exploits out there unfortunately, but it's it's going to come to bite both them and the brokerage in the butt. You know, I didn't really believe about the leverage in the crypto system until I heard Alex was leveraged on, on, on in crypto. Now I'm oh, a little paranoid. Alex is the least of our worries. <laughs> yeah, I think he's the most of our worries. I regret, I, I regret yeah. you know, I... I you know, he's a little risky, I do. Uh, but I didn't, nothing got sold. I have the money to cover it. Uh, <laughs> but so, it's just, you know. I, I, Alex is not somebody I would ever you expect. You know what I, I didn't even know. Alex didn't even part. tell me. That's it. We hang out all the time. Never once told me, hey, Graham, I, uh, yeah. I did margin free Ethereum. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and I was like, what? I, uh, I was just like, me. I was just trying to lower my cost so, basis. Uh, so here's a follow-up question for you guys. What yeah. do you think it would take for you know, the Fed to step in and say, okay, let's start decreasing interest rates. Because I know you and I believe yeah. that they'll eventually have to pivot at some point. Yes. At the same time, though, I don't know if I'm convinced that Papa Pal even cares about asset prices. I feel yeah. like his main goal is to bring down inflation and keep employment high. Yeah. That's his main goal. Yeah. Why do you guys think he's going to lower rates? Well, I, I don't think it's happening anytime yeah. soon. I know. Yeah. Uh, just to be clear, but... Uh, He'll lower rates when inflation gets to somewhat realistic levels. And because here's what's going to happen. Real estate's next up to crash. We already got stocks crashing, crypto crashing. Next up's real estate. Yep. Um, next up's major job losses, not like these minor job losses we're seeing right now. Um, and so they're going to have a recession on their hands. It's just, in my opinion, it's like, I would call it like 95% probability. Like 5% would be a miracle if we don't get in a recession. So once you enter that recession and you get inflation to somewhat normal levels, he's going to have to reverse course, in my opinion, at that point in time, because then you have unemployment skyrocketing. You're going to have the administration on him, obviously. Uh, you're going to have the people on them saying, what are you guys doing? You know, I got no job. The government, food stamps is going to go when up. Do you, when do you think that's going to happen? Because I'm thinking... When in, I'm thinking at the earliest, the back half of this year, probably 23. Oh, that soon? Yeah. I think it could be five years, six oh years, seven gosh. years. Yeah. Wow. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, they, they wow. would have to get inflation down consistently mm -hmm. for that to even be a consideration Yeah, of bringing down rates. I can't see that happening anytime soon. What if we start getting crazy job losses? A lot well, earlier than we well, then we have stagflation, right? So then, we're, we're, what just, are they going to do? They're not going to let inflation run rampant because then that risks the value of the dollar. If sure. if the U.S. Uh, loses its stability in terms of a reserve currency, it screws every everything. Yeah. Sure. So why would they even even a job losses? I think unfortunately that that's going to be a necessary evil. Sure. To go through that for the sake of saving the entire economy from inflation. No, I'm with you. I, yeah. I think stagflation mm. is going to be the biggest problem. Dang. I know. Yeah. That's going to suck. Yeah. I think they're going to yeah. see job losses and they're going to see 8% inflation that's not necessarily going away as fast as they would like. Yeah. Mm. And so they're going to be faced with the position do we take job losses or inflation? 
Yeah. So and and they're gonna they're gonna take the job losses. The thing is, uh, the reason I don't believe that's happening uh, in terms of like this inflation staying out of control for a considerable amount of time is you're gonna have to comp these comps year over year. So in order for inflation to let's say at this time next year, in order for us to have still eight percent inflation, you need the price of oil to go up considerably more than what it already is. What's that? Right you now? need rents uh, oils at like one twenty ish. Some people are saying it's going to go to 150 to 180. Yeah, if it does, it's going to crash down uh, fairly rapidly, in my opinion. But uh, then you need rents to keep going up. Real estate's going to start falling, in my opinion. Well, rents could st rents could continue to go up as real estate prices fall. You think so? I do. Okay, I think so because even even my own cost basis is going up, regardless mm. of what the value of the property is. My okay. taxes are going up. My insurance is going up. The repair bills are going up. Mm. Everything about owning a property has nothing to do with its value. Okay. And you know what's crazy? So, the median yeah. home price in Vegas just went up last month, four hundred eighty-eight thousand well, dollars. But but yeah. a lot of those are based on listings that started two months ago right. or sales. Yeah. So it's probably what, backwards looking. Yeah, yeah, whatever we see today, it's going to take us probably sixty to Our ninety days. Inventory to, though, skyrocketing. I don't know if you guys. Have oh yeah, that. yeah, it's doubled. <clears throat> mm -hmm. How is your listing going, Jeremy? Horrible. What happened? I've still only had probably two real showings. So what are you wow. going to do? Um. I'll tell you off camera what I'm going to do. You're going to rent it? You're going to rent it? <laughs> He's basically just going to rent it. I might do something. We'll see. You're going to move in there? I'm not. You're going to rent that house for an office for you. 10000 a month. <laughs> <laughs> just 6X. Yeah. Whatever it is, just 6X at like the Volvo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. Yeah, so, yeah, real estate. Oh, my gosh, man. I think it's going to be a disaster. There's no, there's no good way out of real estate, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't see a good way out with well, interest rates. I heard just hit 6% today. on a Yeah, but why year. it depends what the, what the reason is why you'd want a way out of real estate. Like what's yeah. the reason you would want an out? I feel like if people buy real estate, they do so with the intention of keeping 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah, no, no, no. I meant, yeah. I meant, um, I meant, I meant if you're bullish on real estate, that's what I was kind of referring to. Like, I don't see there's any bullish case for real estate for the next several years. I well, and especially I would, yeah. if you if you're talking about interest rates being high for five years, mm -hmm. it, we're, we're crashing real estate. I would say the bullish case for real estate. I, I'd say every area is going to be different. Mm. Every market is going to be very local. The benefit now over a year ago is that now you have more inventory and you have scared mm. sellers yes. who might believe, oh crap, the market's going to drop. I better get rid of this as soon as possible, and mm. that could be the time to come in and get a good deal. Now. You know, in the long term, we're going to see if that actually turns out to be a good deal. But if if a property's worth, let's just say, a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and you go to the seller, hey, you know, you need the money right now. The market's crashing. You just lost your job. Here's seventy thousand yeah. dollars. You might be able to get a get a taker on that, yeah. uh, especially if there's more listings on the market. If they're competing, if I'm not saying you would do this, mm -hmm. but like if they're in a situation like you, where let's just say you need to sell it, you don't mm -hmm. have a choice, and someone comes in, here's the solution right now. Just sign is done. Yeah. You would take less than probably what the market is worth today just for the guarantee of taking that deal. Yeah. No, that so, makes sense. Yeah. It's uh you think about it for you know for a moment like if you're a buyer out there right now which I don't know who's buying like who's buying at a 6% mortgage rate right now. You the know people what I mean? who want to buy before it hits 8%. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you guys think the odds are of that? What? 70s Ooh. style interest rates. Yeah. I I would be shocked. I think for mortgage rates I generally, they try to price in a lot of these upcoming rate hikes. Anything unpredictable at this point is, is not going to be priced in. But I'd say right now, they're probably pricing in more so 50 basis point hikes. 
throughout the rest of the year. I, and plus a lot of that's going to be dependent on demand. If, if mortgages yeah. stop completely, they're not going to be able to get away with charging a 7% interest You rate. know what the other issue is? What's the number one thing, you know, if somebody goes to buy a house, what's the number one reason they usually do it is because they're confident, right? Like I've never heard of somebody buying a house who's not confident in their financial situation. Usually you buy a house, you're confident. The The consumer confidence is the lowest it's been by a mile in 25 years. We're worse with consumer confidence right now than during the Great, the great Recession, mm -hmm. right? So I, I don't see a... I don't see how real estate could be bullish. And then cash buyers, if you're, if you got cash right now, why would you go buy right now? When you know oh, yeah, six to 12 months, worst, you're yeah. almost guaranteed right. to get cheaper prices. Almost True. guaranteed. Well, I wouldn't say anything is guaranteed. No, but, but you know, almost. Would you go buy something right now? Cash? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to tie up that much money in cash. I would yeah. say if, if the right deal came up at a price that cash flows, I would strongly consider it, but mm. no, I would not buy cash just because I don't want to tie up the money. Yeah, okay. and I think that's most cash buyers out there right now. Um, My position is just too yeah. too early to tell with with this inflation reading coming in mm -hmm. higher. Who knows what it's going to be six months from now? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. The one thing we haven't had yet is mass job losses. That's the last. I kind think of we, I think we are seeing. Well, at least I, in I mean, tech. at least in tech. Yeah. Yeah. Crypto, f uh, fintech. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of those that are seeing job losses, which mm -hmm. frankly, I I think a lot of them overhired. Yeah, they expanded way too quickly, and uh, they try to get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when the music stops, it's like and you're stuck with too many people. Yeah, you you have to save the company at some point. But we haven't seen mass job losses yet, in my no. opinion. Like yeah. fifteen thousand, I think we lost in tech in the month of May. We're losing more in June. But like when you're talking about mass job losses, we're talking like hundreds of thousands of people lose a job. I find like a million. I find it so odd how quickly things change remember a year ago you couldn't get enough people exactly. like it, it you, mm -hmm. you were offering 50 dollars bonuses at mcdonald's just to <laughs> yeah. just to get people to interview yeah there was a shortage you could you could have your pick of anything you wanted to do and they'll overpay for that service just to get you oh, as soon as possible mcdonald's did you guys hear the mcdonald's story in what russia happened? oh they rebranded yeah, yeah yes I mean, they rebranded so uh, i don't know if you could tell better better andre or not but like essentially mcdonald's pulled out of russia like it's called sticking it to Putin, you know. Yeah, We're gonna show well, him yeah, they, who's they, boss. They didn't pull out. Well, they, Russia was just like, oh no, you're staying here. Oh yeah, <laughs> but like we keep you. Yeah, yeah. So, but now essentially, uh, like somebody in Russia, like uh, basically franchised all those McDonald's, rebranded them as like, change the logo. Yeah, change the logo. No, it's the same exact food because they have all the supplies over in Russia, obviously. So the formulas for the chicken this nuggets and the Big Mac in Russia is so hard. Gosh. Because imagine if you're an international investor, would you ever invest in Russia now that you know the government can just repossess anything they want? I think. I think it makes McDonald's look dumb. <laughs> it's, I don't think it's McDonald's fault. Well, I think they pulled out because of probably political pressure. Yes. But I think at the end of the day, they just look silly in the whole situation because sure. it's like, who'd you stick it to? Now Russia gets to keep all that money. Right. <laughs> so I, I mean, that's kind so of so wait. So Russia took over the company and stuff. So this isn't McDonald's having ownership and switching no. it. So now they, McDonald's now, makes no money off that. Yeah, but Russia gets to keep all. They, and they, they had seized all their up. assets. Yeah, rebranded everything. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. and so a lot of this, Scary. like you know, sticking it to Putin stuff is not working out. It, gas prices, oil prices going up huge. Um, there's a channel I, I I I watch religiously. It's called the Maverick of Wall Street. I love this channel, and th this guy has a, a segment called "Stick It to Putin, Bra." <laughs> 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 I 
and uh, basically what he goes over is like all the screw ups of like everybody was like we're gonna stick it to Putin and we're gonna do this and do that and how everything's worked out the opposite way as they intended and it's actually ended up helping Russia and like Putin's laughing in the bank with a lot of the situation that we were supposed to hurt them with and uh, that's a whole mess Yikes. but that gets into politics and everything I don't yeah. know if we want to dive down there but introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Um, one thing we should dive down is our sponsor, FTX US, which is the best crypto exchange in the world. Very well capitalized compared to <laughs> some of these other folks <laughs> out there. And uh, when it comes to FTX, you can do recurring buys right through the app. So let's say you don't want to worry about the price movements and you just want to buy $20 of Bitcoin each week. You can easily set that up right inside the app. So it's absolutely amazing. Take it away, Graham. With FTX, they have fees that are up to 85% lower than the top competitors and they're trusted by millions of users worldwide. They also have no minimum fixed fees on transactions, no ACH fees, and a crypto debit card that's accepted throughout millions of merchants worldwide. Can I take out margin on FTX? <laughs> Alex, <laughs> just get kidding. Out. I'll just use the dollar cost average feature to consistently invest into the market. Thank you, Alex. And you know what? How about this? Is the thank you for signing up down below in the description with our code MMFTX. You could get all the way up to $100 worth of free crypto and free crypto on every single trade you make over $10. How's that, Alex? Great. I would have nothing better. And it's a great market to get free crypto because it could be worth a lot more in the future. Exactly. So again, the link is down below in the description. Oh, Graham, oh, okay. are you going right. to raise your rents on your California residents? Yeah. Oh, but how I, much? But here's a the thing. A small amount or a here's, big amount? Percentage. Here's what I do. I have to. So mm -hmm. before the tenant moves in on those, because those are rent controlled properties. Yeah. Before they even move in, I explain to them, listen, whatever price you move in at, I have to raise your rent the maximum that I'm able to for the city of Los Angeles, it's usually three to 4%. And I tell them this because if I don't do that, if 10 years goes by and I haven't done that, 10 years from now, I can only raise it the 3% right. from the base. So I have to, you're forced to do these rent increases because if you don't, you lose it and that compounds over time. Right. So I explain that to tenants. And I also tell them, you know what, uh, if that's gonna be an issue, we could work some something else out where maybe I just give you like a half a you know, half a month of free rent in compensation for that. But I do. And I have to. If if they're not rent controlled, I don't. Because mm. there's I would rather just keep them as a tenant. Right. The whole I have system a question is backwards. Yeah. So for that rent control, if somebody buys that property from you, yeah. does that apply to them or no? What do you mean? Well, the, the previous yeah. rent, can they go only go up X amount or because it's a new owner, can they set the rent at the market rate? No, no. So the new owner inherits those tenants if they want to move in as a primary residence you could legally give a rent controlled unit i believe it's 60 days advance notice to move in as a primary you need to have what's called just cause you can't just say 
I don't like you. You're paying a low price. Get out. Can't do that. You have to have a cause. And the cause is either you moving in um, or you uh, giving it to an immediate family member. Okay. They're strict about it. And they do check. So, so, so if yeah. you said that that's the primary house I want to live in, that's good enough. Correct. Okay. What yeah. if it's the secondary house you want to live in? Uh, it gets dicier. Uh, you might be able to, you'd probably have to find an argument for that. And then, you know, it, it's just risky. Uh, but even then it becomes difficult on multifamily because how do you pick, you, you can't necessarily just pick the cheapest unit or whoever, what, whatever tenant pays the least. Mm. You can't just say, Oh, I'm moving in that one. Right. Um, you could do that, but they could argue against it if there are other units that would fit your needs. Mm, so they're very strict about it. I wish we could just get rid of the rent control and build more. That yeah. that would be a good solution, but mm. but no. Gosh, yeah. I'm so happy that Nevada doesn't have rent control. Yet. You, you think it'll yeah. come? Yeah, I do. Oh. I do. I, I, just, I would just assume every place at some point is going to have some form of rent control. Wow. Yeah, anywhere in California, I think is almost uh, certain. Uh, They've been trying to push for a while. This has been going on for a long time for rent control, single family homes. Cause right now rent control only applies to multifamily. So mm. two units or more. They've been pushing for, sing, uh, for single in family. California. In California. Um, I have a feeling eventually you get the right person in there and they'll find a way to push it through. And I think it's, it's coming throughout the country. Most of your properties are single family though. It's 50, 50, 50, 50. Yeah. Wow. So I would just, I would, I just always assume it's well, probably here, here in Nevada. Rent, there's rent not really any multifamily here. Like, yeah, at least any good ones. Yeah, yeah. There's not a ton of that. Now, yeah. let me ask you guys. I, I want to take it back to crypto because uh, you know we were just speaking about Ethereum. Obviously, hit the 1100 range. Uh, Bitcoin hit 22,000. When do you guys think crypto starts coming back? Do you think it's anytime soon? Or are we talking like this year, next year, like five years? Like when? When do we think crypto goes on its next major run? That's such a great question. <laughs> wow, Jeremy. Yeah, let me tell you the answer to that. <laughs> Come on, this is what people expect me to December say with stocks. December 25th, 2023. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? When, when Here's what we can say. The stock to flow method either has been proven incorrect or we're incredibly undervalued right now. Okay. Yeah, stock to flow. Right now, Bitcoin should be at like, what is it? Like 80 grand, yeah. something like that. It's in the lower band, I would say. It's still acceptable, but there no. is a price threshold for which it kind of falls apart. And I have to look that up. I don't know offhand. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I, I would say it's a price threshold plus a length of time in addition to true, that. True, like, true, true. At what point but does at it this just... point, I'm saying like if it drops yeah. to 10,000, then I think the model pretty much breaks. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no, there's, but there's nothing like short term that gets you super excited that makes you say, I got to get, I got to buy super heavy. You know right what it now. is? I would say a few things. Uh, regulation, I think would mm -hmm. be a really good thing. Okay. And when places like Celsius are properly regulated mm -hmm. um, and under proper supervision, I think that's, that's a good sign. Okay. I also think it's a good sign if just cryptocurrency in general, they could differentiate and they enforce securities versus what is a commodity? What is a cryptocurrency? Okay. Uh, that would be great. The other thing is these Ponzi scheme games mm -hmm. of just like the Axie Infinities and all these like this. Uh, what was the shoe one where you were like the, shoe the run? You you would have shoe shoe NFTs. Oh, I didn't see that. Um, <laughs> it, it's basically this thing where you like you have to pay eight hundred dollars for a shoe, Jeez. and that shoe an NFT gets you the ability to run on your phone okay. and level up that shoe so that you can make like fifty dollars a day, and then that shoe could be worth more money. 
that gets other people more money. Interesting. So stupid. But like, <laughs> that's you said stupid. Andre said that's, interesting. It's so stupid. Like, but that's an interesting concept. That's the but, state right. of the market. It's like as soon as any popularity comes around, it's scams. It's all Wait, scams. Wait, but Axie Infinity was a scam? It wasn't a scam. No, but it's it, a real game. A lot of people played but it. It's a Ponzi. I mean, but the whole part, the, the purpose of the game is people aren't playing this for fun. They're playing it to make money. And, and the, the entire game only makes money if more people are paying into the game. But you could say that about anything. Like, anything. Stocks, no, crypto, anything. Only people make money. They're backed if, by a company. Axie Infinity is backed by... That's like saying play-to-win games are, are scams. You know how many video games there are that people make money on? It's like real tournaments, real money, sports. We're, we're, talking about a, we're talking about a product that only goes up in price the more people buy into it. At least with a company, they're backed by actual assets. And uh, what, What's an Axie Infinity backed by? Digital assets, uh, IP. What, what's to give that any value? IP? Yeah, who's to say it's, it's a useless, who's to say it's a useless uh, IP? Disney makes so much of its money with IP. Who's to, yeah, but that's Disney. Disney <laughs> is backed by all all of these commercial successes. True, but that's all IP. But, but why would you say that an Axie has any value because it has an IP? An IP because could be people worthless. People are playing it. There's a community. But There's they're a dropping effect. off. But they're dropping off because no well, new people are buying into them because the prices have crashed. Sure, sure, sure. But that's not doesn't invalidate Just to say the whole something, concept. It's it's like people saying there's one of one and therefore it's valuable. It could be a that's not piece of crap. Thing. It could be the, a piece of crap one of one. My my point is that there, there's nothing. I could create my own axes and that doesn't make them worth any money just because it's it's an IP. What? Be worthless. Yes, correct. Yeah, <laughs> you're That's drawing right. a ridiculous. <laughs> no, but you, that make no you just sense. you compared Disney <laughs> to like Axie Infinity. Well, what if I just build like this playing card? Now it's like I made a real thing. It's backed by a physical object. It's, yeah, it's worth millions because it's tangible. <laughs> it's real. It's, it's a like, Veblen good. It's a Veblen good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Graham just makes these parallels, takes them to uh, an extreme, and is like, "See, that's no, ridiculous, right?" I just <laughs> like, yes, I'm pointing that Axie Infinity is a pawn. It's not I a, think Ponzi. It's, a Ponzi. It's, it's a real game it's, that people played. They people in the Philippines were making money. They were earning more money than the average income. That doesn't in the mean country. they could do that doing a Ponzi too. True, they can, but that doesn't make it a Ponzi. But it does when it's dependent. When those people making money is dependent on where, okay, where do you other draw the people. line between that and crypto or any other investment? Where is the line, does the line get drawn? I think I think a lot of crypto is a Ponzi too. Yes, I, I agree. think. In Bitcoin's case or Ethereum's case, there are use. There are practical uses for that that people are using. <laughs> it's but I think than playing video games. No, but for the Axie, people are doing it to make money. They're not. I. I. I people think, buying Bitcoin to not make money. I mean, they're doing that to make money too. But I, <laughs> but I think at least in Bitcoin's case, you could look at other institutions using that as a store of wealth or a store of value, and drawing upon that that. If so many people are trusting into this and I'm worried about my currency, right. I'm going to take a risk on this. Axie Infinity is dependent on more people just buying into it and playing this game. And the game is a disguise for basically like this MLM. It seems like you could draw that parallel for both sides. Like You could. But between and but, choosing. But Axie objectively is... <laughs> is objectively because I, mean, I said it. <laughs> because I said it. I just... I just think that, okay, that stuff needs to be regulated. To be but fair, point being, yeah, there's levels to everything in life. It's kind of like there's a crime, right? You could go into the, the, the store and steal a pack of bubble gum. It's a crime, right? Yes. Uh, you could also like 
you know, shoot somebody or something sure. like that's a crime too, right? So there's levels, and I think to the whole like, is it a Ponzi type thing? There's levels, right? Right. And it's like this is like level ten. This is like level one. This is level five. So I don't know where yeah, this, this sure, theme sure. falls. Level uh, ten. You know. Level ten. This whatever is the level ten. ten. Okay. <laughs> Tom, to the top this one. The, top, the sneaker okay. one was a hundred percent. But I, uh, I've never 100. played either of those games. Right. So I'll tell you that. Yeah. But, I, but I anyway, I just think yeah. that when regulation comes throughout the entire market and it's treated either as a security or they make a very clear distinction what is a currency that is going to help and once everything settles and the price stabilizes i think we'll get a point eventually where we could get hopefully a bitcoin etf i think the bitcoin the, etf the is going etfs the single yes. biggest thing stopping it from going to 100k yes. but mm. right now because of the macroeconomic factors plus inflation plus high interest rates crypto just can't break the ceiling right now yeah that makes sense i mean if you can't get people to buy uh, Netflix stock. You know, right. get people to buy Bitcoin. Like it's just yeah. as simple as that. But, now, uh, yeah. let us know in the comments section who won that debate. It was a good heated debate. Okay, we don't have many of those on Millennial Money. Okay, now that Big K left a long time ago, so there's not as many How debates. Do we, yeah, it's too bad we can't do a poll. Like, oh, like underneath so YouTube should allow yeah. for polls underneath the videos, so yeah. you could just because yeah. otherwise it'd just be a like comment. I think most people would side it. with you because you're more traditional, whereas I'm a little bit more open minded with the video game aspect. No, I, I, I think I think too, I think you guys could to you know I think I, I objectively think your about argument it was like pay to play is just a Ponzi scheme, which just doesn't make sense. No, to but me. but it's not pay to play. Pay to play is a great business model yeah. for a lot of video games. Right. This is a pay to earn, pay to make money, and. The aspect of making money is only dependent no, on you, more people paying free, into it's it. It's free to play, though. You can play it for free and make Yes, money. but then you spend your time trying to make money that's dependent on people buying in. Wait, so it's a Ponzi scheme because you have to spend time? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're spending time on the game. Time, time is money. Time is money. Time is money. What time this vacation is I'm going on is a scam. Time is <laughs> I feel like that would be something Graham would say in a video. Vacations like, are scam. Vacations are a scam because I'm not making money. I'm wasting all this time. The people could spend Alex their time leveling me up on their a features. free vacation. But if you think about it, I'm not going to be working. So really, he's trying to scam, scam me. <laughs> Oh, God. No, yeah. I, get, I get what you're saying. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll right. see it's in the comments section. Hey, by the way, last time when we you guys were, were making fun of the inventory. Oh, my gosh. You guys tore up with the inventory. Oh, I yeah, went I to the comments. That, yeah. that was disgusting. Wait, what happened? So remember last disgusting. time you, you guys were like, uh, yeah, you guys were like, <laughs> you, you said something about all oh, inventory subjects put me to sleep. And I was like, if you are enjoying the inventory discussion, leave inventory oh, did you in the get comments. a lot of comments? Dude, but, it was but here's the thing, but only the people who are interested commented inventory. You didn't get the people saying, if you're bored, comment bored. <laughs> yeah, because they were busy sleeping. <laughs> yeah, how about this, guys? If you didn't enjoy the inventory, just comment boring. <laughs> and we're no, going to get a whole bunch of no, comments. all the comments are going to be boring on this episode. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to watch how, how about this. Just comment. This is a great episode. Jeremy was hilarious, and, and then just and that's boring. It. And boring. <laughs> Jeremy was boring, though. You didn't even get in the debate about the crypto video game, man. What do you think, Jeremy? I want your perspective. I don't know enough about it. I, I was just. I, I don't debate. either. I honestly don't either. Yeah. I, I don't know how to defend it other than just just yeah. kind of trying to draw that same parallel thinking into other things and saying where do you draw the line? Objectively? Yeah. I'm not sure I understand or follow Graham's yeah. like objective line. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, my objective line is that it's only uh, it's only a viable model if people are making money on the backs of other people depositing. Mm. On the backs of other people depositing? Yeah. You mean investing or... 
Oh, I would. I wouldn't call it an investment. Okay. A Ponzi. I went. So you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> investing well, in a you're Ponzi. Very I didn't. You're with your words. You're like depositing. depositing. Yeah. Well, it's, so it's not am an investment. I depositing money when I'm buying my stocks? Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of yeah but you're but you're buying into a company that produces a, a, a product or a service that people could use. And or it goes out of business a, and scams people too. That's happened too. <laughs> yes. That is then. That is true. Yeah. We got Enron and yeah. Things yeah, like stuff that. like that. Yeah. yeah. Retailers. It's like, imagine walking through a mall 30 years ago versus like walking through a mall now and like how many different stores are in that mall nowadays versus 30 years ago and how many retailers went out of business that used to be in that mall that just never made it. Right. What do you guys think Crazy. is going to happen to malls like 20 years from now? You think they'll be around still? Ooh. I think they're just adapting, you know, like um, be Amazon showrooms. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, for instance, I think malls adapt. Like at the end of the day, like people like to get out of the house and go do something. So, for instance, you know, Summerlin, we got that great mall. You know, that's outdoors, and you got like the Apple Store and H and M and all those different types of stores, and and it's a different experience. An indoor mall, I don't think, has been built in the United States since like '95 or something really? like that. Yeah, wow. I don't think. Or yeah, I think it's like like '95. It's like some crazy year, like. Wow, a mall. This watch would be like 2015. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. A long time ago. Let us know in the comments section when the last time a mall was built in the United States. You should be able to Google that quickly. Let us know in the comments section, okay? But um, yeah, I think they're just going to adapt, be different things. You know what's interesting mm. is a lot of these outdoor malls or whatever, a lot of it's restaurants nowadays and bars and things like that. Even the Summerlin one, a lot of that, um, you know, those sorts of attractions. So I think it's just different. You That's know? true different things adapt differently but um yeah man what do you guys think about what do you guys think the like, what about the to? middle class <laughs> speaking no, of malls, i'm going different today what, i want to talk about the middle class doing right now i want to talk about the one percent that's actually we are we usually talk about the middle class today so speaking of malls talk about silver i want to talk about <laughs> oh i like silver wasn't silver horrible well, well it's doing well, great compared well, to ethereum today it's, like, it's my it's my cash backup <laughs> oh wow silver's down three and a half percent. Are you Holy kidding crap. me? Wow. I got to log so, in. Okay, quick. So, wait, Jeremy, you put in Yikes. 80K, right? I put in 100. more than that. It was close to 100. What's yep. it at right now? Yeah, I think I'm down like 15%, honestly. Whoa, dude, that's yeah. insane. Aye, but that's aye. why cash is the best emergency. Yeah, and, and in a crashing market, yeah. literally, cash is the best thing ever. I don't know. Yet, year to date, it, it down 8%. Last month, 2%. From the peak at 25, it's down like 20%. Jeez. Man, yeah, gold is not doing anything. L literally, in this market, nothing's doing anything. It's incredible. Cash gold is staying the same, though. Cash is staying the same. It's the one time that cash is looking good, man. Yeah. That's the person only... who came up with that quote, cash is trash. Well, Ray Dalio, and he even, <laughs> he doubled it uh, uh, like a month ago. He came out in an interview, and he actually still said cash is still trash. Really? Which was What's his alternative? Uh, buy assets, I guess. Okay. Beans, yeah, lentils, yeah. <laughs> ammo. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Concrete. I think I was on Twitter the other day, and I think Robert Kiyosaki said something like that. Oh. He's like, oh, yeah, you need to be loading up on, on rice and things like that. And, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be funny. All those guys who have been saying this for like 10 years are going to be like, I knew it. I was right. <laughs> I was right. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing that right yeah. now. They're running victory laps, man. They're running victory laps, and they got their time to shine. I, I, I told you guys this in an episode in the past and you guys laughed at me, but like everybody gets their time to shine. Yes. You know, like the, the crypto people get their time to shine. The stock people get their time to shine. The growth stock people, the dividends people, yeah. the cash people are getting their time to shine, which they've been laughed at. What are you doing in cash? Like I got a friend who almost has his entire net worth in cash, literally. And for years, he's looked like 
an idiot, right? It's like, you don't own any real estate. You don't own stocks. Like you don't own crypto. Like what are you doing right now? He looks like a genius. Well, same with Warren Buffett, right? How many times are people making fun yeah. of him? For holding yeah. the biggest cash He underperformed ever. a ton in like 2020, 2021. Yeah. Yep. Now he's the winner. Yeah. I, let's, let's see what Berkshire Hathaway Oh yeah. Is up right and while now. you pull that up, yeah. Then, Jeremy, have you yes, ever sir. heard of the American Dream Mall in New Jersey? I have, yes. Yeah, technically that was built in 2000. It was finished in 2019. Uh, I don't long count time that ago, one. Alex. That was a long time ago. Well, wow. okay. 60 years ago. Yeah, 95, though. 2019, same thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> Berkshire Hathaway is down 3.5% today. But year to date, it's only down six point seven percent. Wow, that's incredible! Yeah. Wow, but so, yeah, that one. Let me let me uh, all right talk about that one. That one could be a big faller coming. They're extremely heavy in Apple. Yes, I was uh, say that. Yeah, yeah, I do not think Apple's going to do good the next six to twelve months. Um, on top of that, very heavy oil and gas stocks. Oil and gas. I think is if we're not at peak, we're getting close to peak on those. I'm not convinced. Really? No, dude, my portfolio, I was looking at this. I will say this. I bought two stocks, Mm -hmm. Coinbase and Corsair gaming. Oh, (laughs) I don't know if you remember. I bought Corsair on millennial money. Yeah. 30 grand. It's down over 50%. It's 53%. Yeah. So across those two stocks, my portfolio lost like 75 K and because of it year to date, my, Mostly, I guess I will say hybrid. It's hybrid between the S&P 500 and dividend stocks. Okay. I'm down 17%. I was so upset at myself because mm. had I not bought those two stocks, there's a good chance I would have been closer to yeah, like it's true. 10%, 6% maybe, but nowhere near 18%. Yeah. Oil and gas stocks were laughed at for the longest time. Yeah. And right now, yeah. guess what? They get their time to shine. No, I was buying them in 2019. Yeah. Everyone's like, you're an idiot. You should be buying Tesla. Yeah. Which in retrospect, maybe well, I should have, yeah. but still. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I said, everything gets their time to shine. And, uh, but they're, they're, I think it's going to be short lived. Um, if you notice, every single time we're going into an economic crash, oil spikes up for whatever reason going into that. The economic crash yeah. happens, oil spikes what, down. What's the barrier? $104 yeah. a barrel, which is. Oh, it's uh, like 115, 120 a barrel. No, no, no. For what? When it's a recession. It's like there's like a line for when oil crosses mm. a certain threshold. That's oh, I been, remember seeing that. Like I don't know. Four or something. Like yeah. going, but yeah. so, Jeremy, why yeah. don't you short oil? Uh, I've considered it. I hate shorting. It's like you gotta you gotta stay in like what you know, right? And so, for instance, like I, I tried options. I couldn't really get into that too much. Um, I shorted Peloton. It went good, but I pulled on that way too soon. Like I took up my profit way too early. That's just not. Like, I also don't like betting against because I'm an optimistic person. It feels. I almost feel weird betting against that something's going to go down mm. um, and like a company's going to be hurt. Listen, or I like think that. if oil prices went down, people would be looking at you as a savior. Yeah. Oil prices That's went true. down. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you <laughs> saved the economy. You brought inflation down. Yeah. I don't think anybody would be upset at you shorting oil if you believe it's going to go down. Yeah. The other problem with shorting is you have to pay interest on that whenever you short. So, um, But do you not think it's going to drop more than the interest you would pay? I don't know. The interest can yeah. be less than silver. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, but I'm just like, ah, oh, I, I don't know, man. I think uh, shorting is a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game. And then you could start shorting even more and maybe you're wrong. I think it's all it dangerous. takes for oil is one more. First of all, I think we have a lot. We still have a lot of demand for travel. That's keeping oil. Yeah. People are still driving their cars yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think all it takes is one overseas issue. Mm-hmm. And oil is going up even more. 
Yeah. And Graham, it, it, yeah. How do you think your your uh, car collection is going to be affected in the next six to twelve months? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a decline. I mean, the GT I bought it's three hundred. Oh, yeah. Uh, I first I wouldn't be surprised if it went down to three hundred. My intention when buying that car, I thought it was just going to be going up like three to five percent a year, and so that's where I bought it. So as long as I don't lose money on that car, I'm. I, like I just want to break even on it. So anything well, extra is great. And, and that's why yeah. I want to talk about the the wealthy, the one percent. Like, what do you guys think uh, wealthy folks are going to do with their money over the next, let's call it six to twelve months in a situation? You think they're just going to sit? Do you think they're going to be out there buying assets? Like, what do you guys, uh, you know, assume is going to happen out there for folks that that have the big money? Right? I'm seeing some of my wealthier friends sell a lot of their real estate and just okay. holding cash. Yeah. Like me? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, yes. That that's interesting. Um, <laughs> didn't yeah. notice. <laughs> no, didn't notice that. Kevin? <laughs> 48 properties sold? No. But uh, in all seriousness, though, like, like you know, Graham, do you, what do you think people are going to do the next, the wealthy is going to do the next 6, 12 months? You think they're going to be out there buying, sitting on their hands? I don't selling? know. It, it's, it's so weird because uh, just because they're wealthy doesn't mean they're better investors. Sure. They could be really wealthy from like running a great company mm -hmm. and just, I don't know. I feel like a good investor would probably just be keeping five to 20% in cash and investing as usual and not caring. Probably the investor in the strongest position is the one who doesn't care at all. Yeah. And the one who's like, oh, I'm going to sell and move my money around. Either you're probably inv invested too much, you mm -hmm. have too much time on your hands. <laughs> Maybe you just find it really interesting. And and a lot mm -hmm. of people are like that. They, they just yeah. love the aspect of investing and trying to outperform. Yep. I think probably the strongest investors just buy. They don't care. Mm -hmm. They maybe even didn't know the market went down 3% yeah. today. It's just like they wouldn't waste their time on it. That makes That's sense. That's what I think. Yeah. yeah. No, a lot of business people don't really keep up with all the macroeconomic yeah. stuff that's going on. Uh, I've definitely noticed that over time. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, the wealth effect is being killed right yeah. now. There's no doubt about that. When you got stocks crashing, crypto crashing, real estate yeah. potentially crashing, that's yeah. the I will, effect is I will say though, that at least from my perspective, I am more cautious now about where the cash is gonna be going. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, let's just say a Ford GT comes up for 330, I wouldn't be pouncing on it. Yeah. Like I would I I would be a little bit more cautious of any big ticket purchases. Yeah. Um like I've always wanted a Keith Haring piece of art. Oh yeah. And there was a time, I think about a year ago, where I was considering a Keith Haring. Mm. Um How much are they? It, it depends if you get the prince 5 grand would if you, you get, get a like brand a, or an original. I would want the original. Okay. Probably the piece I'd want is probably 70 grand, 80 okay. grand, but you know, again, I see it as something where it's like you get to own it for free and break even and diversify. Right. But I wouldn't see that as probably a viable purchase right now. Yeah, that makes a lot so, of sense. So I would say a lot of those discretionary purchases are going to fall to the side. Yeah. Yeah. When you see everything continue to crash, 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 it's like, what's the hurry to go out and buy something? It's like yeah. a year ago, yeah. if, if if you told somebody Ethereum's at 1200 or 1100, people would have lost their yeah, mind. I remember, like, I I remember when it dropped to 1800 and then rallied all the way back to like 28. Yeah. But when it dropped to 18, everyone was like, oh my God, I did it. And they were excited <laughs> to buy it. Now yeah. it's at 12 and be like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's true. Also, people aren't as flush with cash. Yeah. That's the other problem. No, I was you thinking know. about this. Imagine you're a retiree, and it's like if you're selling your S and P 500 indexes right now, you you would be selling at a 20 percent premium to pay for your lifestyle. Yeah, but you shouldn't mm. be. I mean, I would feel like if you're within five years of retirement, you wouldn't be in the S and P 500. 
Or you, you would you'd mostly be in bonds. Heavier in bonds. I think bond bonds are nasty too. Yeah, yeah that's it's, true. It's not been good. Yeah, that's true. But I would imagine that you would be more diversified, so that yeah. y- you wouldn't be down twenty percent. You might be down. I don't know five is, to ten. This is the kind of market that I think of. You know, fifty years from now, the the old Andre. Mm-hmm. Would I rather have a, a portfolio full of the S and P five hundred or dividend stocks that pay me four percent? kind of interesting because because mm. all the money's flowing into income producing assets right now yeah. dividends yeah so it's kind of interesting that when it comes to like say if you're old and you're trying to retire you don't be holding the s&p 500 right now you'll yeah. be holding something that's producing you income yeah so i don't know man I, I kind of go back and forth i'm like man s&p 500 historically always had better returns than dividends yeah right my but, so, mm-hmm. so my dividends only account the only one i have is green right now uh, my the public accounts red my private accounts wow. red um, Your whole portfolio is green. Uh, the dividend account, yeah. Yeah. But my, when's the yeah, last time you invested? When's the last time you invested in a dividend account? Though. Good, good point. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> so anything recent? So I, I because I have a few dividend stocks. If you bought them recently, they they're down. Yeah. So, Nowhere near as much as the S and P five hundred, though. I don't know. I'm sure it depends on the company. Yeah. 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 Definitely not even close, but. Man, crazy markets. Graham, something made me happy. I watched last week's episode, which I was off last week, and something made me happy. You said you cleaned your windows. <laughs> it made me so happy, man. I was so were happy. Were you telling me to clean my windows? Oh, you were like, I'm productive, no. and I, I feel really happy when I get yeah. work done. I cleaned the windows. Remember it made yeah. me so happy. Yeah, oh, I did say that. Why? Yeah. Well, because, okay, so, um, I mean, everybody's raised differently, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, in terms of the way I was personally raised, you know, my parents definitely instilled one thing in me. It was to take care of the things you have and to have like pride in whatever it is you have. And so it doesn't matter if you got like a a car that's like a thousand dollars, you take good care of it. You make sure it's clean, you wash it. Uh, If you got a a house, you keep that house clean, you keep it nice, you keep it organized. Your house is very clean, (laughs) Jeremy. You know, and all those different, different things. And so like, there's something, there's something just as a human you get Mm -hmm. out of, having pride that you do those sorts of things, you take care of whatever it is you have. And it's not like you're necessarily putting your materialistic stuff on a pedestal. It's just showing that you have respect for the stuff that you do the have. thing is, I own them, they do not own me. Yeah, like That's that. the difference, Jeremy. <laughs> respect. <laughs> oh gosh. No, but in also- Mic drop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you also get, it's a, a crazy fulfillment sometimes you get by doing stuff that, is uh not money making like sometimes i'll just clean the dishes randomly oh sorry that's what you're talking about i was like where is this going yeah yeah. okay graham was like uh i remember this was a long time ago you were talking about like it seemed like the the vibe you were trying to give off is you only get fulfillment by doing money related things right right? time is money yeah yeah but i think there's a lot of fulfillment you can get from doing other things that aren't that but actually feel just as good if not better when you actually accomplish a project yeah. where it's oh, like oh, yeah man, feels no so that good. that was a day where i wasn't working and i was just sitting there and i just want to get stuff done yeah and so i did some cleaning i washed the windows i had a great time doing that and you'd be happy about this by the way uh on saturday mm-hmm. can't believe i'm gonna say this Uh-oh. no seriously i heated the pool oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he texted me. He's like, "Come over, Andre. Yeah, yeah. cool. No like, yeah, oh, I really want to come, man. It's the one time, and I heated to eighty four. And because it was so hot outside, and the sun was beating down on it, it went to eighty seven degrees. Whoa. Yeah. Geez. So we'll see what the bill is, Jeremy. But if Woo. the bill comes in more than like one hundred and fifty bucks, I'm gonna come knocking on your door. <laughs> from- but yeah. Oh, so gosh. Well, the wow. kicker, the kicker the is he actually was making money while he was cleaning his windows. 
How That's the do... part you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. I was like, how did I do that? Really? That's awesome. You know what else is cool yeah. about accomplishing a project like that is then you notice it too. You're like, you walk by the windows and it like looks so yeah. nice. They're not, like, they're not perfect, but you know what actually gave me the idea? It was a YouTube short. Mm. I got recommended this video by a guy who was like, I heard you could make up to, uh, you know, $10 a window cleaning. Let's test it out. And this is this kid who just like tests out side hustles. And he did it. And he was like, I, I, you're able to make 50 to $60 an hour cleaning windows, just yeah, going door to door. That's right. And that got me like, I all of a sudden got really into like, wow, I want to clean a window. Mm -hmm. it's that's hard that, that's how you <laughs> answer the question of if you had a hundred dollars what would you do right now you're like i'd buy cleaning supplies and start cleaning windows <laughs> yeah oh yeah but yeah that's what got me into that's, it it's it's really difficult i so there's a learning curve i start because there's like 10 different windows yeah so we started with the first one was so bad and then by the time i got to the last one i got it down so they went back to the first one yeah and it's like it. yeah, yeah it's tough and even then it's not perfect yeah but uh there's a skill the the squeegee part of it oh for sure yeah, yeah my it's funny my dad was out here uh, a few months ago and and you know he's looking at the houses and he's like man if only somebody started a cleaning company cleaning these windows look at all your neighbors yeah. with all these windows like they make a killing and yeah, I was like, yeah. no, no soliciting <laughs> now i have a no soliciting sign on the door oh yeah. That would stop him. <laughs> He'll definitely go away. <laughs> Don't knock on this one. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, Well, great conversation, Jeremy. <laughs> With that said, you guys, thank you so much for watching again. Thank you to our sponsors down below in the description. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. Make sure to subscribe. Hit the like button. Comment down below for the algorithm. And until next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.